Millsap, chairman and CEO of Atlanta-based Black Hall Studios, is one of today's top entertainment executives with a vision for Black Hall that's ambitious, energizing, and boundless. Millsap is blazing a trail through the heart of the South and setting his sights on the future of entertainment. Listen and learn as Ryan Millsap journeys through the myriad industries, people, and landscapes that traverse the complex and dynamic world of film production. Welcome. We've got uh, Mark Stemke here today on the podcast, which is exciting. He's um, running a company that focuses on how to help the production companies find the right kind of locations in real estate. So, Mark, welcome. Hey, thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in this business and how you realized that the entertainment guys needed help in the space. Well, it's interesting because I really kind of started doing events back in the 90s. And then from, the, from that, I segued into working in the hospitality industry. And then back in like the late 90s to early 2000s, I was also with my special events company. I was doing huge parties with thousands of people that were here in Atlanta, and we'd take over a hotel for like a be New Year's or a holiday party, whatever it may be. And I was doing national accounts management at the same time as uh, doing some business development for the hotels. And so well, there's at that time, a lot of the films that were coming in were bringing in crews from California or, or elsewhere. And this was all in Georgia? Correct. Which which hotels were you involved with? So the Sheraton Atlanta Hotel, the Georgian Terrace Hotel, and the and Glen Hotel. Yeah, the Georgian Terrace became such a central place for for production yes it, it really has and I, I so i used to book uh with a company out of california called road rebel where i would book you know 50 60 rooms a night where they would stay for weeks you know when, and so it'd be a discounted business but then they stay and they eat in the hotel they drink at the bar so there's a lot of additional revenue that comes from that parking you know movies all that kind of stuff that they do and then so some of the people that i did a uh, stroke of genius that was there and that was one of the first feature films that I was associated with here in Georgia. And that was around 2000 when that was done. And, and they were shot. just at the hotel. They were at the hotel, staying at the hotel. But and also then, shooting. And then they decided to shoot there. Yes. And so was that one of your first experiences with seeing a shoot on location? No, I'd seen shoots before. But uh, for the, maybe that size, and I because I'd also developed a really good relationship with these people at that mm -hmm. point in time, mm -hmm. with the director and the producer, mostly the producer. And um, then... So what they they wanted they were doing some shooting up at Chateau Alain because it was the story of Bobby Jones. Coincidentally, I did the Bobby, Bobby Jones the uh, golfer. The golfer, mm -hmm. yes. And um, so from there, uh, I started working. My my family had a security company in Atlanta that did camera systems, access control, fire alarms, and burglar alarms. So for forty five years here, and so growing up through that industry, and also being what's in the Native, name of that company? It was BEMS, B E M S. Uh -huh. And uh, growing up in the industry, um, uh, my, my dad's business did a lot of stuff with uh, working within uh, the city of Atlanta, a lot of government buildings, but we also did a lot of restaurants, bars, hotels, and that sort of thing, and a lot of residential and commercial work. And so with those levels of relationships and also being a native, I've, I've had the opportunity to be able to get into a lot of locations. Mm. And so when I was developing these relationships in the hospitality industry, a lot of those people were calling on me because they were saying, can you help me get in somewhere? You know, I, I'm looking Because they'd this. say, I need a particular kind of restaurant. Correct. And I'd like, say, yeah. Tell me a story. Like, tell me a story about what a producer might say to you. And then you, and then the, the way you were able to solve it. A lot of times, what it'd be, it'd be more like a location manager, um, uh, because a producer will come in and they'll say what they're looking for, and then I'll work more with the location manager mm -hmm. to be able to make sure we can you know, do whatever needs to be done. And um, it, so, 
depending on what they're looking for, like they might describe to me, like like say for like like yesterday, I got a, a call, and one of the things that they were asking me I said, "Well, Mark, we need to have a um, I need to have a high rise." Um, place that's going to look we're going to turn it into a hotel though but i need a, a, a penthouse condo and they said but it can have brick in it or it can have uh, they said well it's going to be in new orleans so it's, it can be kind of strange sometimes you know like i have uh, just sharing a little while ago as well that there was a request one time that i had for in the last year i've had bamboo forests and just forests uh, because they wanted to make it look like they're shooting over in vietnam or cambodia or something along those lines and just coincidentally on Monday, I was I had met a guy that had told me up in Jasper, Georgia, that he had a property like that. And so I stopped by on Monday, and when I went up there and uh, saw the property, I'm like, you got to be kidding me, because it had the creeks that came through, totally built out. You would never, you could shoot there, and you would never in a million years know that they're shooting in Atlanta. And that's one of the most creative things when it comes down to doing the location work, is because most of the times that, that almost pretty much every time, except for What Men Want, the, the film with Taraji um, Henson, that I don't know if you saw that film or not, but I did some high-rise work with her, um, I mean, with the company for the film down here um, at the Proscenium building, and then I also did some large mansions. But that's the only film that they actually did that was from, uh, that was really said it was shot in Atlanta. Most everything else is, it's somewhere else. Hmm. Like I did in one house, with an actor prepares with Jeremy Irons in it. We did one house, when they came over to look at the house, all they wanted was a really nice, fancy library. You know, like that, you know, like you'd see in like something up in New York. And um, I had a house like that, and they came over and looked at the, at the library, and they're like, you know, actually, um, this isn't exactly what we're looking for. And I said, but this house has multiple looks to it. And they were like, nah, I don't know. I said, just because sometimes they'll come in quickly and then they're back out. And so I said, just let me show you a couple of these rooms. So I ended up showing them and they walked around. They go, oh my gosh, we can do like five scenes here in this house. So it totally changed from where they thought maybe they'll use that one room to using multiple rooms. And so they did, it was shot. So it's, they said it was in London, California, and New York. But so it was all filmed here in Georgia. It was all filmed in Georgia, yeah. Okay, so you're, you're working in hospitality. Your, your family has a lot of relationships from all the years of doing security. So you know all these people that own all this different real estate, have all these different venues. You start working with the producers. When do you make the jump and say, I'm just going to take this risk and start a new company where all I do is aggregate all of these real estate locations and help the location managers solve their problems. Well, that's kind of an interesting transition because I, well, with my dad's company, I left his company to go back to work at Glen Hotel doing business development. And at the same point in time, I was importing furniture that I had been working on for seven years from Indonesia and, and Bali. And of All course, teak stuff. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah, some very very beautiful stuff and rattan as well, mm -hmm. and very high end. But at 2008, um, when we brought that in. <laughs> You that know, timing we got, did we, not work for any of the wars. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up in a situation to where now we've got containers full of all this beautiful furniture. And I'm going to trade shows up in High Point, North Carolina, to see if we can create. We had the Indonesian platform that was built up there, and or pavilion, excuse me. And um, when we ended up coming, uh, when I came back, I, my mother, this is just a really strange kind of serendipitous sort of scenario, but I came back and my mother was doing an event for um, the women's auxiliary for uh, the Salvation Army. And she goes, I'm doing this over this this house, this beautiful house over off of Valley Road. She goes, and I think that the lady, she's an Indonesian princess. And I was like, 
really? And I said, and I said, mom, you're just now telling me about this. And he goes, she said, I think her, her husband builds furniture as well as a hobby. I'm like, what? And so right at that time, the phone rings and it's a lady. And she uh, said, started talk, talking to her and telling my, my mom was telling her what I was doing. She goes, oh, you have to have him come tomorrow. Cause it was a women's, you know, breakfast. So I felt a little awkward going to it, you know, <laughs> of course. but, um, and I, I actually put it off. I wasn't going to go. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had just taken my vacation to go to High Point for the week, so I had to go in, I needed to go back into the hotel. So I went into the hotel that morning, and I thought, you know, I need to go see what this opportunity is. And so I went over there and started talking to um, them, and then she, they asked, they took my information and asked me to come back several times. And she asked me, what would you think about doing events, because I've done a lot of event business. And um, with this house, I mean, it's a beautiful house on Valley Road on 10 acres, and it has... Um, it was built in the 1920 during the depression 1928 to 1930 by the third president of coca-cola so it's a candler house it's it's beautiful english the architect was um i can't remember who the architect is not off the top of my head i i only asked this i have have an old farmhouse that was built in 1926 by a famous um atlanta architect and so that era, there were just a handful of guys that were doing all that stuff and yeah a guy uh, named neil reed is who did okay farmhouse but yeah, it's the same architect that did the. Um, um, there was like three or four houses. One of them just got bulldozed. Mm. And it was uh, in Sandy Springs, the um, Glenridge Hall. I don't know if you ever. Uh, yeah, Glenridge Hall. I know what you're talking yeah, about. But they they tore that one down. But there's that was like a one of the sister houses. And Collinwald was also built by the same architect. But got I can't, it. His name's slipping my my head yeah. right now. But um, okay, so that so then what goes so, what happens so, next? So she she kept calling me to come back. And I'm getting a lot of these calls for this for the movie industry, and of course that's when the tax credits began, and then people were were more and more filming was coming in, and then they were staying here, and I'm getting more calls, and then she asked me, she goes, well, what do you think about with having uh, you know this house for doing events? And I said, this house is a movie house, and so right after I told her that, she goes, movies, and I go, yeah, and I said, so the first film it was very like maybe three weeks maybe later or a month something like that um i did um uh, what to expect when you're expecting and so when she got to meet cameron diaz and some of the other people they were like wow but we had a lot of pushback in those neighborhoods at the time because the neighbors didn't want the activity in the neighborhood wait are you telling me that the neighbors in buckhead are sensitive <laughs> yes <laughs> i live up there they're a little sensitive yes and so eventually what kind of became interesting about it was that um once people would go to their different galas and so forth, and when they would sit there and, and uh, talk about, hey, I just did a movie in my house, and you know they could say they had Cameron Diaz or Denzel Washington or Robert De Niro or who else, who, you know, any one of great names. They're like, I want to do that. Then it so, became fun, sexy country it, club currency. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's the way to their hearts. <laughs> All right, and then like for example, one of the um, one of the ladies. She, uh, she's, I've done a lot of stuff with her now, but the movie I was just mentioning, An Actor for Paris with Jeremy Irons, there, it was a, a lower budget, more of an indie film that he was going to, he was starring in. And I told her, I said, they don't really have the money because she has a 25,000 square foot house. And I said, they don't really have the money to rent the house, like what you're used to getting. And she goes, who's in? I said, Jeremy. And she goes, oh, he's my heartthrob from when I was young. <laughs> so of course it was like, all right, game on. Listen, as long as I get to meet Jeremy. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so then what I did is I just continued to add more and more properties and, and doing more and more relationships. And then I ended up, we had to kind of 
kill the import business. I still got a whole storage facility full of great stuff if you ever need any. I'd like to see it. <laughs> it's kind of, I got some really. Cool I love stuff. that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then um, so then I just con- continued to work into mostly doing locations, and um, and then with some of my business partners that I've been working with, uh, um, Chris Ledoux with Crafty Apes. Sure, I know Chris. He's and a then, great guy. And then Asante White. Yeah, the, um, he's worked. he did a lot of work with Tyler Perry. I know Asante as well. Yeah, so yeah. both of those guys are my business partners with what oh, we great. do with the, when I do the exe- put an executive um, producer hat on. And so that's when uh, we have 17 different projects we're working on right now. So Amazing. we've all spent so much time So this is a production company that's based in Georgia that's developing content in Georgia. That's correct. That was only born because there was a tax credit that started to create an infrastructure. Exactly. And that, that company is called 3Cab. And then I have a company called Iconic. Crafty ha- I mean, uh, Chris has Crafty Apes. And so all these companies, and then when we do a, a particular film, we'll actually put all the uh, we'll, we'll put all everything into one company for that film. That makes sense. And so each one of this would be different. How far along is that development pipeline? We've been working on it for eight years. Of course. Now, yeah. now the hardest thing is to get money. So, so funding. With, yeah, I mean, really, the the main thing that's missing in the ecosystem in Georgia is capital. That's correct. But that's the next big thing. You know, I, I've, I've spent some time thinking about it and trying to imagine how to solve it. The difficulty has been is that I've had to spend all my time on the infrastructure side. Right. And raising money for the infrastructure side and, and putting together our expansion, our expansion international. But as soon as we're done with all that, then we're going to circle back and start raising local Georgia capital to be able to fund production companies like what you're doing. Yeah, it's similar with, with Miles Neiman with the Georgia Hollywood Review here. Um, he does doing the Georgia Film Fund Initiative, which yeah. I'm sure you're probably familiar he's with. He's a great guy. Yeah. He's a business partner in a whole other project that we're moving into right now that I think he's already talked to you about, which is very interesting. We are with two other uh, financial business partners that have been in the banking industry for 25 years. We're putting together an, an entertainment uh, credit card. Yeah, he's talked to me about that and talked to my uh, uh, accounting team about that. Yeah, we're pretty excited about, about getting that launched. We've been working with... BB&T and SunTrust merged together, so now it's Truist, and that's who we're partnering with to be able to make this happen. That's a good partner. Yeah, it's, 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 we're powerful pretty excited. partner. Yeah, it's, we're pretty excited about that. So it, I kind of keep a lot of irons in the fire. With it sounds like going. it. And last year I spent almost the uh, entire year over in the south of France and in Monaco trying to generate revenue from there. So with some of the stuff that I that you've done. That sounds London. like a really good excuse to be in the South <laughs> yeah. of France rather than yeah, exactly. a business opportunity. But I'm going to go with it. I love I love when those two things come together. Yeah, it was fun. But we, um, I met some guys that were up from London that were they're doing a lot of film stuff up there, as you know. And, uh, and then over stuff. in Bulgaria, which a lot of stuff's going on in Bulgaria. <laughs> there are, there's a lot of Eastern European filming. Yes. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm working on an Eastern European film here. That's uh, We were trying to get – I have a meeting on Friday for that with one of our the investors that we hopefully are going to get that tied down really soon. Ledoux's on that, right? Yes. Yeah, I think he told me He'll about be that. the director. That's amazing. Yes. Good for him. Yes. Is that going to be cool. his first directorial? He did, he did a t- television series over in Bulgaria, and he's done another – he did some directing here with uh, Tyson's Run which is a, a film that was done a few years ago that we all participated in. And um, so by with, with the way that we see how a lot of this stuff works is that they all actually tie together. And you know, so, so we're, trying to, we're trying to create this kind of ecosystem. Collage. Yeah, this ecosystem mm-hmm. to where it's a one-stop shop, basically. So we can do a film from start to finish. And so to go over, like, for example, one of the things, um, somebody that you also, I believe, you know, 
uh, one of the properties that was over in the south of France in Grasse, um, this was called was, um, uh, a chateau that's there. It's a beautiful chateau. The Riviera was shot there. It's a television series. Um, they did t a couple years of shooting there. And um, the, the girl that, uh, that lives in the house and owns the house, her one of the ladies that works for her is um, married to Michael Moore, who is... Uh, one of the presidents of Universal. Oh, I know Michael well. And so I went. I was. I stayed at his place over at uh, Christmas time, and um, he he mentioned you know you guys in Black Hall, and and um, he was telling me about the, you know working together in, on London. And he's a great guy. Yeah, he's super cool. And so um, that's where it was kind of interesting with some of the things that I met with the people over in Europe, and then going from Europe into here. It's just kind of like you know it's kind of maybe putting things together that you never really knew were there, but then finding the dots. It's kind of like making, getting a master plan of a puzzle, but you never look at the box and you have to put all the pieces in. And then it suddenly it, it all starts coming together. <laughs> right. No, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. What are, what are the, some of the things you're most passionate about right now? It sounds like the development side, the production side is, is really exciting. The real estate you've kept right on the, on the um, locations business side, Correct. cause that's, evergreen business it's Correct. just going to keep rolling and rolling that's right but tell me about like what you're passionate about and and what you imagine the next five years looking like in georgia film and georgia film for you well we're hoping with you know in the next five years that we'll have this the, the entertainment credit card launched and that um with how we're structuring it because we're going to mostly f focus on doing studios at, at first mm -hmm. and um to incentivize people to want to use that card and also uh, we're giving one of the parts in, on that is to help indie filmmakers um, part of that use of that credit card will go back to uh create the value for people that don't have the funding to be able to get films because i know firsthand how difficult it is it's really hard it's hard to get money when you're an indie film yes especially like no distribution you know you're, right. just, you're just like hey i'm going to make this film and i'm going to hopefully find a place to sell it Exactly. Mm -hmm. But the, in the distribution part, we've been able to kind of tackle that and get that down. Um, but, you know, everyone's going to be different. And the, actually starting to make the films, I mean, when we're going to hopefully we're going to be launching a couple in the next few months um, if, if everything works out. <laughs> what do those you know? look like? So uh, what kind of distribu do you distribution ahead of time? Are they true independence? Tell me, tell me a little Some bit about this. Some of the those. distribution, like Tyson's Run was uh, distributed um, by Universal. And then we've had relationships that we have that are on hold with Sony and Lionsgate. Mm -hmm. And so, Dal, depending on what the relationships are with the different projects, it's going to depend on who the distribute, where the distribution arm will come from mm -hmm. and if they want to, to bite off and take that. So, and that's where also it gets complicated um, when I'm having a conversation with somebody to do funding that doesn't know anything about the movie industry. And then they start to think that they're going to make a movie, but they're not really making a movie. They're investing in a film. And then I have to create the understanding about how the money works and how they can be in it, uh, uh, in it as far as like entitlement, you know, uh, for credits, screen credits, that sort of thing, and how they get their money back at some points. And then it's something that they're not familiar with, and then they it just becomes they can't really wrap their mind around it. Well, it's not easy to wrap your mind right. around. I mean, if you're accustomed to investing in real estate, where you walk to a particular piece of a corner of a, of a city and you say, hey, we're going to build a building here. Do you want to be a part of it? And you throw money into that and then you build that building and then there it is. Right. And it either has tenants or it doesn't. And you either make money or you don't. But at least you can see the thing. Exactly. Right. And, and you know how, what the success might or might not look like. It's hard in film uh, for people that haven't invested in television film to understand the distribution pipeline. So you say, all right, we're going to build this. 
And then we have to distribute it. So we either have to sell it, or we have to kind of rent it, we have to partner with somebody Correct. else. Right? Yep. As you can start to explain that to people and then show successes. There's money. There's money exactly. in Georgia that is flexible. There's money in Georgia that's funding gaming. There's money in, in Georgia that's funding e-commerce. There's money in Georgia that's funding all sorts of technology. So there's money in Georgia that will fund film and television once we can show them actually how you make money in it. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like getting – once they get can understand it and they do see that value and that, that you know – currency coming back in their pocket <laughs> you know then that's going to be an opportunity for them to say i'll invest into the next one right you know and then and one of the other things that's been interesting that i've, I've noticed is that we do all kinds of films i mean I, I, that 17 we have two of them are television series um then the other 15 and we have more that are coming in right now and uh we do anything from happy go lucky to comedies to to horror movies to action movies, to sports movies, they're all in there. And one of the things that we have noticed that sometimes when we go to an investor, they specifically only want to be involved in this particular genre. Like they only want to do faith-based and then they find out you do horror, they're like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a difficult combination for, yeah. the, for that particular capital provider. Yes, it is. But, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, that's again, goes back and you're talking about gaming. Some of the stuff that on um, one of the action movies that we we're looking at, you know, trying to get uh, done is that, you know, putting the game into, you know, making a game after the movie. I, I was just talking with uh, Andrew outside and um, it's, uh, you know, there's talking like, about Andrew, Andrew Greenberg, who is uh, on this podcast on, an, on another episode. But um, Andrew is uh, is is one of the experts in gaming in the state of Georgia. Yeah, so it was, um, you know, it's cool, again, that's that synergizing, but getting people, you know, to work together and coming you, up with ideas. Are you guys using gaming? I mean, one of the things Andrew talked about is uh, using gaming engines for uh, making movies. Are you guys doing any of that kind of work, or are you just talking about making movies and then using that movie as a basis to make a, make a game? More so that the second, but one. however, the, the um, your first one, it was uh, that's when it comes down to the creative of, of you know Crafty Apes and and Chris Ledoux, right? So you know he's done some of the biggest films out there for Huge. the VFX. Oh yeah, and so he's you know I feel very fortunate that he's a business partner and talented we, we, guy. We've done some of the most. So he came out to Europe um, uh, with me and hung out in Monaco while we were trying to go to these different events. And he's like, man. He goes, and we've been in some really interesting situations with meeting different people from all walks of life. And I kept telling him, I go, we should have been filming this the whole time. <laughs> you know? Well, it's true. It sounds like your life you know? over the last six years has been a reality show. It pretty much. I mean, you've and seen everything the, in I mean, entertainment. Some, I know some of the crazy things we, that have happened to us and places we've ended up. And it's like, you know, how, I mean, how did we end up getting here? Tell me <laughs> one know? story like that. Well, one story. There's a film that we're looking at doing. Um, it's it's uh, uh, Don Garlitz was a big daddy. It's it, it's a uh, um, a dragster. He he's won more races doing drag racing than anybody else. What was his name? Uh, Don Garlitz. They call him Big Daddy. Got a big daddy. Yes. Is this uh, is this funny cars or is this? Uh... He's done a little bit of all of them. There's mm -hmm. a, a a big museum down in Ocala that he has. So, so he's a Georgian. He's a, I think he's really originally from Alabama. Okay. But, um, but he's a southerner. Yeah, he's a southerner. Yeah, and so he had a uh, he had a bunch of scripts. We were down there, and Chris was with me, and Asante was with me. It was the three of us. And then there's a gentleman that used to own 
close to 5,000 acres in South Georgia. And he had a story that he was trying to tell me about his life that he wanted. It's a, it's a crazy story, but he goes, I want to introduce you to this guy named Don Garlitz. Now we're going down and staying in these kind of, I mean, first he's saying, come on down and stay with me. And we were, we didn't know what we were getting involved in. And it was, we, it just we, wasn't what really kind of we, we initially expected. But at the same point in time, it was a There were really, a couple moments we thought you were being entered, entered into deliverance. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> but it was a really uh, interesting experience because the guy who was, uh, his name was Lister. And Lister asked us. Is his first name or his last name? his first name. I love this. I know. And so he's, he's saying, he goes, why don't you uh, um, come down here? And, you know, he's. Good, good old thick, so, good, thick. oh yeah 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 and uh, he's been very successful in business though too and he's like uh, uh, you know he's, he says come on down here he goes uh, we'll go I'll take you to some of the places and we have to go to his little town they were going to cemeteries and going into some little little tiny restaurant that he needs to go say hello to somebody real quick and then I mean it's constantly like this he goes oh we need to stop by this house and you know he's talking real southern like this mm-hmm. he goes we need we need to go stop by this house over here I need to go say hello to this lady I haven't seen her in a while. So we need to get back over there and say hello, okay? I, love this. I want him on this podcast. <laughs> oh, you should. He is a complete character. Mm-hmm. We'll I mean, drive to him. Well, I, we're planning <laughs> to drive to him soon because that would make it even more interesting there to record. There you go. We should because you don't know who's going to show up. It's amazing. You know, so it should be a walk around podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we, um, so we've experiences like that, and like when we were over in Europe, is like that's complete opposite. Now we're in Monaco, with everything's like total glamour mm-hmm. you know yachts and and you know helicopters and you know ferraris and lamborghinis and everything all over the place you know and you know casinos and you know it's just all these beautiful sexy people dressed up you know to the hilt and, and fashion you know it's the gamut is wide the stories yeah. that can be told are limitless exactly mm-hmm. and so it's well it's fun it keeps it, it keeps life interesting but I, I think i think we're gonna have a, an incredible growth phase in Georgia film and television over the next five years, 10 years, because we're just at the beginning of entering into this, this uh, era where all of this Georgia content is going to start to emerge and Georgia capital is going to start to emerge and it's going to completely transform the ecosystem. Yeah, I agree. But Mark, I appreciate being here today. This has been a, a really fun time. Yeah, that is. I've enjoyed talking with you. Do you have any uh, social media or anything for people to, to know how to get in touch with you? I, don't, I don't do as much social media. You can go to my website. Yeah, um, give us the website. W, uh, it's www.v, which is in like the end of a movie, thebuckheadmansion.com. And my the information, buckheadmansion.com. Yeah, my information's on there so they can get in touch with me or shoot me an email or... I mean, I, I do some social media, but not not as much as maybe somebody else out there. <laughs> well, great. Thanks I probably for, should, but, you know. Uh, who knows what we should or shouldn't do. All right. I appreciate being here. This has been wonderful, and have a great day today. Yeah, thanks so much. You too. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thanks for listening to the Black Hall Studios podcast with Ryan Millsap. We want to hear from you. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. And follow us on Instagram at at Black Hall Studios and at Ryan.Millsap.